0: How many of you have heard of the term go big or go home? Anybody heard that? Good. You know, the exact origin of that phrase, we we really don't know. Some think it goes back to the early 90s when um, there was a parts company that uh, made uh, mufflers, pipes, for the Harley-Davidson motorcycles. And their slogan was go big or go home, right? And you see these Harleys. In fact, every year uh, in, in Fayetteville, where I came from, about 300 bikers would descend upon northwest Arkansas in the Fayetteville area in what was called Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue. Bikers from all over the, the United States would come to enjoy the festivities and really to, to show off their bikes. It would kind of look like this. We would go out and this, this, the streets would just be lined with motorcycles. And this is uh, Dixon Street. And you'd see these motorcycles all day up and down, up and down the streets. And yes, they, uh, they would proudly uh, display their, their big pipes, their, uh, their uh, bikes that were more a work of art than they were a means of transportation. They were just beautiful, beautiful bikes. And uh, they did have mufflers. You'd, you'd hear them. We could hear them from miles away. And they would cry out, go big or go home. You know, the phrase... Um, that same phrase has been picked up, particularly in, in sports. And uh, we, we hear it in, in skiing and uh, the, 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 the pipe and the, the surfing. You'll hear it in surfing in the uh, 2022 Beijing Olympics. There was a new event that was, that was premiered. It's called Freestyle Skiing Mixed Team Aerials. Now, what that was, it's just it's crazy trick skiing, like up in the air, crazy, crazy stuff. Now, the Chinese athletes were the favorites by far, but the U.S., the team leader, his name was Chris Lillis, and he said that the only way that the U.S. team would be able to beat China, this is what he said, we have to go big. We have to go big. And with the Chinese, they were already leading in the, in the medal round. Chris decided to attempt a high risk, high reward. Now listen to this. I'm not even sure what all this is. A back double, full, full double, full. But it had a difficulty rating of five, which is one of the highest. Things. And and he, he went down there, took the risk, and did it, flipping in the air, and landed it, nailed it. He went big, he went big, and he nailed it. He had a score of 135, which ended up, catapulting the U.S. team into into the lead. His teammates followed suit, and they became Olympic gold medalists. They went big, and they came home with the gold. In our passage this morning, we're going to meet some folks. Now, they're not gold medalists. They don't drive a Harley, maybe a donkey named Harley, but they, they didn't drive Harley. But they took big risks. They went big. And going big, those risks would actually change their lives forever. And we'll see that the same is true for you and me. To follow Jesus, friends, to follow Jesus, we have to go big. We have to go big. So if you would, if you have your Bibles with you, I want to ask you to turn to the book of Matthew. Matthew, as we've been sharing, is the first book in the New Testament. About three quarters way back in your, in your Bible, if you're using one of the pew, the Bibles in the pew rack, you can find our passage on page 813, Matthew chapter eight. Past couple of, well, last week and this week and then next week we're walking through a series, sermon series called "Follow Me." Last week we looked at, at Jesus calling his first disciples, and what he called them to do was to. Drop everything, drop everything and follow him. And that's exactly what they did. They followed him with incredible, enormous faith. Matthew chapter 8, Matthew chapter 8. I'm going to read the first 13 verses together. Follow along as I read this passage. When he, speaking of Jesus, came down from the mountain, great crowds followed him. This is right after the Sermon on the Mount. He was up there preaching. Now he's come down and he's he's being followed by these crowds. Behold, a leper came to him and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean and immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Jesus said to him, See that you say nothing to anyone but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded for a, good, for a proof to them. Then, when he had entered uh, Capernaum, a centurion came forward to him, appealing to him, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home, suffering terribly. When he said to him, I I will come and heal him. But the centurion replied, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I too am a man under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, Go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this, and he does it. And when Jesus heard this, he he marveled, and he he said to those who, were, who had followed him, Truly I tell you, with no one in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from the east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into the outer darkness. In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And to the centurion, Jesus said, Go, let it be done for you as you have believed. And the servant was healed at that very moment now there's a ton that we can learn from from this passage and we can learn about following jesus but what i want to do i want to highlight just three things three action steps that we can take as we look at this passage first i think what this passage tells us that we must take risks for jesus we must take risks for jesus Both of these men took huge risks for Jesus. To the leper in the first century, if you were a leper back then, I mean, it was one of the most dreaded diseases imaginable, both physically and socially. Leprosy is a contagious skin disease that slowly destroys the, the nerves, particularly in the extremities. Where you can't even you can't feel you can't sense pain anymore. Lepers often lost their extremities because they couldn't feel weight, they couldn't feel heat, they couldn't feel cuts and trauma. They would end up losing a a digit or a toe. They would uh, get a cut, not know it's there, and then end up with an infection. And just it was an awful, awful disease because it was contagious. You had to stay away from everyone. And I think that was really the worst part of the disease, the ostracization. If you were a Jew, according to Mosaic law, I mean, you couldn't be out in public where, where you could possibly in- infect another person. You'd have to put on these raggedy clothes and you'd kind of make your hair look kind of crazy looking. I don't know how I look like in the morning. But they would, they would do, have to do this intentionally. And, and if they came out into the public, they would have to call out unclean, unclean. People would look and they would see, oh, that's a leper, and they'd just, they'd part. Ostracization. It may be that the leper heard that Jesus was coming through town. You know, word had been spreading about Jesus healing all kinds of people. He even healed diseases. He was willing to take the risk once again by going out in public, being shunned, having to say those dreaded, dreaded words and see people just almost in fear like he was Frankenstein, move out of the way, get away, leper, rejection. You know, the centurion likewise took some incredible risks for Jesus. He's a Gentile and Jesus was a Jew. Gentile has no part of the Jewish faith. He was also a leader in the Roman Roman military. He was a centurion. He was over a hundred soldiers there in that Roman, uh, the Roman uh, military. He he risked his reputation, his career, his position, coming to Jesus, a Jew, coming to a Jew for for help. Who is this decorated centurion to come to this peasant Jesus? Homeless man and seek help. It's incredible. Verse six, the centurion refers to Jesus as as Lord, Lord, Master. You know, as a as a centurion, he wasn't just the the leader of a hundred Roman soldiers, but his allegiance was to Caesar alone. Caesar was his Lord. So for him to actually come to Jesus and declare that he was Lord was a huge risk. Friends, what are you willing to risk for Jesus? The leper was willing to to risk the the ridicule, the rejection. The centurion was willing to, to lay down, to 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 give up his reputation to risk it all I mean, if you want to follow Jesus you can't play it safe we can't play it safe friends if the leper think about this if the leper had just stayed home like i can't, i can't do this i can't go out into the public i can't take that risk again he would never have experienced the the reward of healing and if that centurion had remained with his squadron or or maybe just stayed at the bedside of his servant who lay paralyzed, not put his reputation at risk, he would have never experienced the the reward of his dearly loved servant being healed. Friends, spiritual risk leads to spiritual reward. Let me say that again. Spiritual risk leads to spiritual reward. No risk, no reward. This is no, you got to go big. You got to risk it for Jesus. Let me ask you again, what are you willing to risk for Jesus? When conversations at work turn to demeaning or undignified language, man, you know what I'm talking about. Are you willing to take the risk? When talking to a friend, Things move into gossip, or maybe students, you're at school, and all of a sudden, I look at her, and it moves into that, into that demeaning kind of language about another person. Are you willing to take the risk? Or do you hang out in your comfort? When that joke that kind of crosses the line c- comes up, do you take the risk, or do you join in and laugh along with them? talking to a friend and all of a sudden the the conversation opens up and there's like a doorway and you can kind of sense it. it's like you know what I could they, they need to hear about Jesus do you take the risk do you risk the 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 opportunity of maybe reputation hey let me just let me just tell them about Jesus Friend, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to take the risk and let God do some things here in us and through us. Are you willing to take the risk? In two weeks, you heard Ryan share, we have a, we're having a big, a big, wonderful day. It's a great day to invite friends. We're calling it Connect Sunday. We're going to have food. We're going to have breakfast. We've got, we'll have our, our life groups. We'll come in for a great time of, of worship and a message. Then afterwards, we're going to have another meal. I mean, we're going gonna to eat all, the, all day. And then we've got a fall fest. We're going to have bouncies and all kinds of games for the kids. This is an incredible opportunity to invite someone. Take the risk. See, I mean, I know how it sometimes feels. I feel it too. Like how that neighbor, if I go over there and invite, I mean, invite them to church, they're going to look at me like I'm some, kind of crazy. They already know I'm pastor. If I go over there and like, you know, I just feel it, you know, I can just feel the heat you know, radiating, like, oh, here's the pastor. And uh, you might as well, you have neighbors and friends. Maybe you've been building a relationship. Friend, take the risk. Invite them. Connect Sunday is, I, I think it's an easy one. It's like a softball, but you still have to risk it. Hey, friend, we're having something called Connect Sunday. Love to have you come. Come and experience what's going on here. Friend, I'm excited about what God's doing here in our midst. It's, in fact, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to invite folks here. Take the risk. So I want you to think about a person. Think about a person in your mind. Who could I invite? Then this week, I want you to, or next week, go to that person. Go to him or her and issue a personal invitation. And just imagine... Just imagine the joy and the reward if that person did attend. And maybe there's a need in their life, a, a difficulty, and they met Jesus in a fresh way and things just turned around. Or what if that person came here and all of a sudden they hear the gospel and they give their lives to Christ all of heaven begins to roar. I mean, can you imagine the, just the, even the reward like, hey, God used me in that little way to, to help lead this person to Christ. With spiritual risk comes spiritual reward. Friends, there is no greater joy than risking for Jesus. Secondly, we must surrender, surrender to Jesus. Verse 2 says that the leper came to Jesus, and notice what he did. He knelt there. He knelt at Jesus' feet. Kneeling is a position of humility and and surrender. So what did this leper surrender? Everything. Everything. The leopard bowed before Jesus. He surrendered his shame. He, He surrendered his disease. He surrendered his life. He he was coming to Jesus and like here, my my present and my future. It's I'm laying it down right here, Jesus. It's all you. And the satyrian, I've already said, you know, he he came to Jesus, Lord. He called him Lord. He's already surrendered himself to the lordship of Jesus. This Roman military man of great honor. Think about it. He had to lay down his 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 pride. He had to lay down his 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 um, self-worth at the feet of Jesus. And then when Jesus agreed to to come to the centurion's house to heal his servant, the centurion just replied, no, I'm I'm not worthy. If you came into, I'm not not worthy for you to even step foot into my house. He surrendered it all. No pride, no nothing. Jesus, it's all about you. Here's here's the truth. We'll either surrender to our needs or we'll surrender our needs to Jesus. Now think about it. We all have needs. We all have struggles. Like the centurion and and this leper, they had needs. And you're either going to surrender to those needs, the needs in your life, or you're going to surrender those needs to Jesus. And friends, when we surrender our needs to Jesus, everything changes. Everything changes. You get a new identity. Notice this leper, this man with leprosy, how he's identified. Did you notice his name in here? Now, we knew the name of the disciples. but this man, we don't know his name. And he's not even described as a man with leprosy. He's described as a leper. I mean, can you imagine being described, being known by your the disease or your issue or your problem? Oh, there's um, anxiety. Yeah, there's um, there's gut problems. <laughs> oh, there's that broken marriage, uh, divorce, bitterness. Here's this man. He's known as a leper. He's known as a leper. Everyone knows him as the leper. He's probably, think about this, he's lost his family, he's lost his friends. If he had a job, he had to give that up because no one would come. he's, He's destitute, he's lost everything. If he was married, he lost his wife, his children. He was an outcast, he was untouchable, unwanted. He is a leper. But then rather than surrendering to his needs, the leper surrenders his needs to Jesus. And that's the difference. When he does, his shame is erased. He's given a new identity. I love verse three. It says, and Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him. He said, "I, I will cleanse you. I will cleanse you. I, I will do this. You will be clean. And as soon as Jesus says that, immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Now, can you imagine what that looked like? Here is this man, and maybe he's got nubs for his hands and toes. He's, he's limped just to get to Jesus. His skin is just it's it's just nasty looking. Leprosy has an odor to it. It just man he he smelled, and Jesus said, "Be clean." And all of a sudden, it's like fresh. I mean, I wouldn't you love to have seen that? I mean, does his fingers like start to grow out? And does his skin become like, like baby skin? I mean, it, it just right there, a miracle takes place. He is healed completely. He becomes whole. Jesus touched him. Jesus Friends, Jesus touched him. He probably hadn't experienced human touch in weeks, months, years, maybe even decades. My my uh, spiritual love language, spiritual love language, maybe it's a spirit. my love language is physical touch. That's love being near my wild love. I love to to go years and years without human touch. It would be it's just brutal and he comes to Jesus. He's kneeling there. Jesus reaches out and touches him. Friend, without surrender, the leper, the centurion, would never experience the saving, restoring, miracle-working power of Jesus. The centurion, he had, he, he surrendered as well. He shows up to Jesus. He's, he obviously loves his servant. He had The servant had suffered some kind of traumatic injury that left him paralyzed and probably in intense pain. He brought the need and he laid it at Jesus' feet. But that's not all that the centurion surrendered. He was a man of influence, position, and power. Again, he surrendered it all to Jesus, the pride, the self-worth. Yet to save his servant, he was willing to surrender it all. What is it that's keeping you from Jesus? Do you, like we just saying, are you seeking him like a precious jewel? Oh, to give up would be a fool. What's holding you back from experiencing the power of Jesus' touch? Maybe it's pride that you need to surrender. Maybe, maybe passivity. Maybe you're caught in the in a web of shame or guilt you've you look at at yourself in the mirror and you you even define yourself by something that you did or something that's been done to you maybe you're holding on to anger or bitterness toward another person maybe you've lost hope maybe lost hope in your in your marriage a, a friendship your health friend whatever need you have don't surrender to that need surrender that need to Jesus there's an old hymn that we sometimes sing here it just goes like this all to Jesus I surrender all to him I freely give and the chorus you know it I surrender all sing it with me I surrender all All to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender all. What do you need to surrender to Him today? What do you need to surrender to Jesus? I want you to think about it. I want you to get it in your mind. Maybe even if you got your worship guide there, or even do this. If you want, if you if you want to just write it down, man, my pride. You don't have to pass it down to turn it in. Just, just so you know. Man, have it, what is it that you need to surrender? What are you still holding on to that's keeping you from experiencing all that Jesus is? Turn loose. We must take risks for Jesus. We must surrender to Jesus. And there's one more point from our text. We must believe in Jesus. We must believe in Jesus. I want you to notice both what the leper didn't say and what he did say. Verse 2. He didn't say, if you can, will you make me clean? Rather, this is what he said. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. The first is a question of unbelief. Can you heal me? The second is a statement of belief. If you will, I mean, I know you can heal me. He had surrendered his need. to He had, he had taken a risk. He had made his way, took all the ridicule, all the, the shunning. Ooh, there's that leper. And he made his way to Jesus. He risked it for him. He laid himself down, he he knelt down before Jesus, he surrendered his need to Jesus, and now he believed that Jesus could heal him. He knew that Jesus could meet his need and cleanse him from leprosy, and because of his belief and by the mercy and grace of Jesus, he was healed. Friends, Friends, hear this. Belief ushers in blessing. Belief ushers in blessing. It is the doorway by which we receive the blessing of Jesus. Belief. We see the same pattern in the centurion. He came to Jesus at great risk to his reputation. He surrendered his need and the need of his servant to Jesus, he believed that Jesus could work a miracle. He believed it. As I said, Jesus offered to come to his house. Hey, I'll come. Let me, let me, let me come. I'll, let's, let's, let's head that way. A couple hour trip. I don't, don't know where he, the centurion lived, but hey, we can, we'll get there. And the centurion's like, no, no, no. No, he, he demonstrated incredible faith and belief in Jesus. He said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just speak it. As a military officer, he understood authority. He he gives a command as men under him obey. He recognized that Jesus was Lord over all. He was Lord over infirmaries, Lord over disease, Lord over illness, Lord over creation, Lord over life itself. Oh, Jesus, just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just speak it. Jesus responded, "He hadn't seen anybody with that kind of faith and belief in all of Israel." Then Jesus spoke the word to that centurion, and his servant was healed in that moment, immediately. Like, well, oh, how, how do we know? Well, probably it's like, like, what time is it? It's, it's noon. And just imagine, so the centurion goes on his way. He's making his way back home, maybe a couple hours, and he. He's approaching his his house where his servant has been laying paralyzed in bed. He's, he's believing, he's trusting, he knows Jesus, Jesus has that power. And he's making his way to the house, and all of a sudden he looks and he sees a figure out there. And all of a sudden, this figure is starting to run. It's running. And as he gets closer, he sees that's my servant. And he starts running. And they they meet together. He's been healed. He believed and Jesus healed him. They embrace and they're walking back to the house. And I didn't say that, I just imagine. Hey, you're well. He said, Yes. I mean, I was laying there, I was in such pain. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, it was, it was about it was noon. And I was it, it just stopped. And my, I'm like, wait a minute, I, it, I, I can feel again. And I, I sat up in bed, and I stood up. It was, I'm, it's, I'm clean. I'm, I'm, I've been healed. Can you imagine the joy in that moment? That's our Jesus. Belief ushers in blessing. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm a. I'm not talking about some kind of name it, claim it kind of faith belief. For Jesus is, is some kind of genie that we just rub and he comes out and gives us any wish that we want. That's not what we're talking about here. Anything Jesus does on our behalf is, is by his undeserving grace and mercy. We come to him and we, we humbly ask with a pure heart, seeking, seeking his will. First John 5. 14 and 15 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that we ask of him. Belief ushers in blessing. Go to him. Ask of him. And Jesus says, follow me. To be a follower of Jesus, we have to go big. You, you have to go big. And to go big, we must recognize that we're just like that leper and that centurion. They, they're us. Now, we don't have leprosy. You kind of look at that like, well, that's not me. I, I don't even know what, really, we don't see leprosy today, Right? I've been on some mission trips. I've been by some leper colonies in India. It's still around, but we don't see it here in the United States. So it's like, man, how do I relate to this, to this leper or this centurion? I mean, I mean, some of you may have been in the military. This guy, he's, he's an officer. He's got 100 men under him. It's like, well, what do you mean I'm, a, I'm like this centurion? You no, know, all of us, all of us have needs. Just like, just like this leper, just like this centurion. We have problems, we have challenges that can only be taken care of by the touch of Jesus, by, his, by his, the power of his word. Prince, you might be here today and you have spiritual leprosy. It's the leprosy of, of sin and it's slowly eating away at you. You know, here's the news. Every one of us in this room, every one of us were spiritual lepers, diseased and would eventually die uh, with that disease. And the only way to be healed of that spiritual leprosy is is to call upon the one to take the risk to surrender your need to Jesus. He's the only one who can touch you and bring spiritual life and healing to your whole being. See, the sinless Jesus, He went to a cross, just like what we sang about earlier. You're know, like,, well, what is all this blood we're singing about? <laughs> well, Jesus, he went to a cross. And we had this spiritual leprosy. We had this sin debt we couldn't pay for. We couldn't cleanse ourselves. Just like this leper, he couldn't do it himself. That centurion, he couldn't heal his servant. He needed somebody else. He needed Jesus. And we're just like that. We needed it. I mean, we're going to die without, without encountering Jesus. And so they made their way to Jesus. They, they, they took a risk. They surrendered. They believed in him. The one who went to a cross and poured out his blood, who died on there, taking the price of our sin debt. He paid it for us. And now what he does is he offers us forgiveness. He offers us restoration. He offers us purpose and meaning. He gives us a new identity, a, a, new, a new life. And all we have to do is sur- surrender. Surrender. Turn from sin, surrender to Him, and believe in Him. Repent and and believe. And He gives the promise of new life, eternal life. For many of us, we have significant needs in our lives that we need to bring to Jesus, that we must bring to Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with a persistent illness Maybe you've experienced a loss of some kind, and I know we've had that in our, in our own church family. Some of you are grieving, loss of a loved one, maybe the loss of a job, a loss of a friend, maybe the loss of a marriage. Maybe shame or fear or depression or anxiety or some other emotion is, is holding you captive. It's, it's who your identity is. Maybe, like the centurion, you're carrying a heavy burden for someone else. Maybe you need Jesus to redefine your life. Maybe you just need the reinvigorating, the renewing, and the restoring touch of Jesus Himself upon your life. Maybe you've just been going along kind of on cruise control, and it's just like, man, I'm spiritually, I'm just blah. I need to be. I need to experience that life invigorating touch that comes from Jesus. Our friend, I want to do something a little bit different this morning. i want to ask our worship team if they would to make their way to the, to the platform. In fact, I want to just ask you, let's all stand together. Kind of in a symbolic way of Taking a risk and surrendering and believing in Jesus, I want to ask you to, to do something. I want you to think about what is that need? What is it that's keeping you from Jesus? What is it, what is it, what need do you have that you need to bring to Jesus that that only He can can heal? Is it physical, emotional, some circumstance, some difficulty, some trial you're going through. If you have a need like that, I want to pray for you specifically here in a minute. And what I want to ask you to do, I just want you to, if you have a need and you need to bring it to Jesus, would you just just slip up your hand? Yes. If you have a need, you need to bring it to Jesus this morning. Father, we come to you, and we are needy people. God, we face brokenness. We face difficulties. We face trials. God, we face our, these bodies of ours, face disease. God, there is struggle all around us, within us. God, it's, it touches our families, our friendships, our marriages, our relationships. Oh, God, if you would give us the courage to risk it for you, to come to you and to kneel before you and rather than being defined by our need, oh God, that you would take that need that we would release it. God, you would, through your son, take it and and do away with it. You would give us a a new name, a new identity. God, for some who who need to be... Give their life fully to Jesus. God, I pray. I pray that God, they had the greatest need. All of us were there. And I pray, God, you would give them the courage to step forward and say, Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. God, for others, everyone who raised their hand, God, on here in this room, those online, those, God, I pray you would meet those needs. As they surrender, as they believe, as they trust in you. God, it's you and you alone. It's Jesus who brings healing. So we trust you. We trust you. Do a work in us for the glory of your name. And we pray in all these things in Jesus' name.